Blog Talk Radio. Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you on this Friday. Praise the Lord. We love it. It just is such a beautiful moment to say it's Friday. Wow. What does Friday mean to us? Well, it means another day to get it right. Tomorrow, we'll have our evening service at New Wine Ministries at 530. I want you to know that you can tune in Every Saturday evening at 5.30, every Saturday evening at 5.30 Central Standard Time, you can join us at a new wine ministry service by tuning in from anywhere around the world. We've got friends in Germany, Israel, Mexico, and other places around the country that you can tune in to one of our worship services and hear the word of God and be refreshed by praise and worship music. Hallelujah. And then on Sunday, we have another meeting at 2 p.m. And so our Sunday uh, afternoon, 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, we'll be gathering together again. So for us, Friday is not really Friday the way that we normally think of a Friday, but Monday is our Friday. Now figure that out mathematically. It can't, can't happen. Today, uh, I'm so excited about what we're going to be sharing. have a lot of good news that I want to share with you and some awesome reports uh, that are going on out there. And where do I actually begin? I just got in trouble <clears throat> before coming on the air. I left my pants on the washing machine. And right before coming on the air, I heard Patricia saying, what are these pants doing on the washing machine? You know, Marriage is an amazing thing, is it not? Do you know that in the Hebrew, by the way, Hebrews uh, Coffee um, Cafe, 
is up and running in different parts of the country. I believe we're going to have one right here in Northwest Arkansas, Hebrews coffee house, and we're going to have chess boards and people to come and worship and, you know, that type of thing. It'll be another refuge from the storm that's raging where a Christian environment will be there. So by the way, if anybody would like to support building a Hebrews Christian coffee house, where we'll get some of the greatest coffees. I've got connoisseurs, literal connoisseurs in our fellowship here in Northwest Arkansas. My brother, Paul from California, uh, he's all about coffee from all over the world. And we want a Hebrews cafe. It's okay to have a vision while we're still here, right? And preparing and doing the things that we're doing. Northwest region of Arkansas is an ark. It is a refuge. And I can't imagine of anything funner to do on a Friday or Saturday night then gather together at the Hebrews Christian Coffee House with a special musician to bring live music, chess boards everywhere, places to study, read your Bible, hang out, fellowship, break bread, enjoy some really good coffee. Why not? Hebrews. Hmm. I like the idea. So beyond that, anyways, getting back to the Hebrew in marriage, do you know when God took the rib out of Adam and he made it a woman that in the Hebrew and all of the exegesis of studying and all of that, it actually is referring to God's intended purpose for a wife was that she would be in his face, not in an, uh, an obscure, mean, uh, cruel way. I'm going to get in your face. No, but the actual meaning and design of the woman who becomes the wife of a man is that she is in his face to make sure he's doing the right thing. Did you know that? That's amazing. Now, what man on earth wants a woman in his face? We hear men all the time, get out of my face. But you know, when it's done right, that woman being in the face of the man, why is that so critical? Because women, wives, you have been designed by God to be in your husband's face because nobody knows your husband like you do. And so when I heard Patricia say this morning, right before coming on the air, your pants are on this place. They shouldn't have been there. In other words, she got in my face. A woman that's not fulfilling her destiny would say nothing. And there's a time to say nothing. But I just want you women to know out there, you have been designed by God to be in your husband's face for his good and to make sure that he's moving in the right direction. Again, nobody on the planet knows your husband like you do. So don't be afraid to stand in his face, mirroring him, speaking in love and gentle, respectful tones. And then if otherwise, so be it. But anyways, that's just a little lesson. We're going to be actually beginning our marriage workshops. I'm waiting for Patricia to give the thumbs up. Every Thursday night, we go through her book, Deliverance, the Christian Bill of Rights. And I heard last night that they had been actually casting demons out uh, from afar. The person that had the demonic possession was not there, but they prayed. And biblically, we saw that that's okay when Jesus said of the woman that came to him and said, Lord, my daughter is possessed by a demon. He said, uh, you know, the, the, the bread is for the, the children and it's not for the dogs. And she said, yeah, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the table. And he said, woman, your faith is great. Your daughter is healed. Now she was not there, but Jesus spoke the word and the demons left her. So last night at roundtable discussion, they cast out some demons, I heard. And that's a good thing. 
And so that's what we do every Thursday night is a roundtable discussion that people come from the church. We sit around maybe 17, 18, 22, maybe 10, 12 people at different times, but it's been growing. But we will be shifting into a marriage workshop on Thursdays. And again, I wanted you to know that you can tune in to us. Friday is not really Friday. Monday is our Friday. So Friday for us is tomorrow, Saturday, 530. You could tune into a live new wine ministry service. And that new wine ministry service begins at 530 Central Standard Time here in Northwest Arkansas. And then Sunday at 2 p.m., Central Standard Time, we have another service. So Saturday and Sunday for us, we're still laboring. Even though we do take a Sabbath rest this evening when the sun sets right around that time, when we snuggle in, we normally rest all the way up until our 530 evening service, which means we give the Lord that time and love to just repose and settle down and rest. That's the idea. We also have our Monday to do zero, zilch, nothing. Every other day of the week, we are serving and busy. Today, we have people coming to the home. We'll be counseling, and that's what you do in ministry. That's what ministry is all about, people that are needing hands-on counseling, and that's designed by God as well. So anyways, I had one other great bit of news to share with you. Um, yes, there is a Roku. Not, it's not Roku. I take that back. It's Rev Media. I don't know if you have yet ventured over to Omega Radio or not, omegaradio.org. And if you have not yet been there, what omegaradio.org is all about was near uh, three years ago, it was in 2017, three years. So we're coming up on four years. I think that's the right timing. I got to get it right. But anyways, Paul, Kyle, and I came together three and a half years ago, and we built this 24 hours a day, seven days a week, <clears throat> internet radio station. It's not commercialized. It is just a radio station where what I do is get all the up-to-date um, sermons <clears throat> the best I can. I load them up, and 24 hours a day, seven days a week, there are messages. And some of these messages come from David Wilkerson. They come from um, our friend that uh, was in deliverance ministry. I forget his name right now. Forgive me for that. Um, I'll remember it in just a moment. Miles Monroe, uh, Billy Graham. We have his messages on there, his older ones, some excellent messages. Uh, we've had people from Rick Wiles, True News, and other people that we put on there. A lot of our stuff goes up there. A lot of Patricia's roundtable discussion goes up there, but it's a 24-7. We just recently listened to Paul McGuire and Benjamin Baruch, and we put some uh, pretty cool stuff up there. So if you're ever just wanting to listen to 24-7, you know, messages about a lot of it is about the times that we're in right now and we'll renew and refresh. You could go to omegaradio.org. And if you haven't visited it, you should visit it. You should check it out. Let us know how, if it's coming through loud and clear, how the messages are. 
and um, they are circulating around the world, and it's just going out, invading the airwaves all day long, 24-7. If you know somebody that you would like to get on our Omega Radio channel, uh, we'd be more than happy to download their sermons and upload it to the uh, site and get it going, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, Omega Radio. And um, that is just a blessing And we are broadcasting right now live on OmegaRadio.org. We are also broadcasting live on BlogTalkRadio.com forward slash Xman777. That's our Blog Talk Radio site. It's the BlogTalkRadio.com forward slash Xman777. We are also broadcasting live right now on YouTube at New Wine Ministry TV. So if you have a television, a smart TV, and you're able to get in there, we use the fire stick, and you could get the YouTube TV, you just go to New Wine Ministry TV. We're live right now. And we're also broadcasting live on Facebook at Omega Radio. So if you go to your Facebook page, you type in Omega Radio, you should see us live right now in video form. So both YouTube and Facebook are video and Omega Radio and Blog Talk Radio are audio, but we have just begun to venture into Rev Media TV. So we are now broadcasting on Rev Media TV. Now, Rev Media is where our Omega Radio comes from. We're broadcasting 24-7, and that is coming from the Rev Media content in the software. So Rev Media is also a video uh, television site. And so when we feel it's time to get off of YouTube or uh, Facebook, we want to make sure that we're settled on a platform, which will be Rev Media TV. And uh, the further we go in that, we'll get more information. We'll make sure we upload it to our website. And if you've never been to our website, omegaradio.org, that's where you can listen to Omega Radio 24-7, but it's also where Rev Media is. And so we'll be uploading the information there. We also have another website that we hardly ever talk about, and it's the New Wine Ministry website, and that is the NWM, and NWM stands for New Wine Ministry. So you could go to NWM Global, nwmglobal.org. And that's normally where you'll find a lot of information about the feast that we celebrate. We have an upcoming uh, feast uh, of Passover that we will be conferencing in. We're going to be having our gathering together. We're going to celebrate the feast of Passover. We do it not legalistically or obligatory, uh, Old Testament style. We have a new covenant appreciation for the feast of the Lord, particularly the feast of Passover, representing the blood of Jesus Christ, the intrinsic value of the meaning of that blood, how it affects you and I. And so we will celebrate Passover. And That's in just a couple of weeks. And, of course, you'll find that information on our website at nwmglobal.org. And also every Saturday, so tomorrow afternoon at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, we're also on KNEO uh, Radio. That's an FM radio station. We broadcast on 91.7 KNEO FM radio station. And so that is also covering the entire Missouri area, 
uh, on an AM FM radio station. So we have that going on as well. So I just wanted you to know we're going to Rev Media TV, and we that will become a stable platform for both the audio and visual of this ministry. And if ever we're not on Facebook or YouTube, you'll be able to go to RevMediaTV.com and whatever the rest of it will be. I'm working with Felicia right now and the Rev Media TV team to get that platform established. So to all that we do, and besides that, our preaching on Tuesday night Bible study, Wednesday night Bible study, Thursday night roundtable discussion, uh, and Saturday Bible study, our service, and Sunday Bible study, our service, um, be all of this working together, especially the social media aspects of having websites and uh, doing film and doing audio. We're running at about $600 a month to do that. And so it's always appreciated when somebody out there donates to through a tithe or an offering to the ministry. So whenever somebody says, you know what, I want to sow into this ministry, I want to sow into what New Wine Ministries is doing, um, we appreciate that value that we ask the Lord to bless what we would call a tithe or an offering, because the tithes and the offerings belong to the Lord. We really don't like the idea of donations. We don't want donations, because that gets into the political, governmental stuff. And so if you ever desire to give freely to this ministry. That's how we pay the bills. That's how we operate. And that's how we live, Patricia and I, on tithes and offerings. They belong to the Lord. And so when you give tithes and offerings to this ministry, the only blessing we could give you is a blessing of the word of God, that given it shall be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing shall God cause men to give into your bosom. And the promises of the tithe and the offering that He'll multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. I love that because when it comes to giving tithes and offerings, there's not only the blessing of the finances given, but also the spiritual blessing of multiplying the seed sown and increasing the fruits of your righteousness. So that's how we do it. We don't have any gimmicks. We don't have any anything. The only book we've ever sold was Patricia's book called Deliverance, the Christian Bill of Rights. And now you could download it for like 99 cents uh, on our website. So uh, we're doing our best. We thank you for your best. We try to give you our best every single day. And whether it's behind a pulpit or behind this microphone, that's what we do. And I thought I would just take this Friday to let you know, after 28 years coming up this October, we will be full-time ministry, 29 years in the ministry that God's given us to do. We've done a lot of writing. We've done a lot of preaching. We've had a lot of hours and studying the Word of God, and we want to be accurate, and we don't want to just have a bunch of stuff out there and let it get lost. We want to be focused. We want to be laser-focused in our accuracy in the Word of God. And the Word that I have in my heart for someone out there today, before we get into the study today, is remember the story in Luke chapter 8, it's also in Mark and Matthew, I believe, but in Luke chapter 8, we just minister, ministered this word on Wednesday, and you could actually go to our Facebook or New Wine Ministry and, and visually see our Wednesday teaching. So I'm not going to give you the whole teaching, but I do want to give you a little tidbit about Luke chapter 8, because it, it won't leave my spirit, and I was actually talking to a brother today, and it made a lot of sense. I was able to minister to him through this word. 
And one of the rich parts of this Luke chapter 8 is when Jesus is telling his disciples, we're going to the other side. And when you put it all together, what Jesus was actually saying is, boys, we're not going to be stagnant. We're not going to remain in a comfort zone. I want to take you on a journey. I want to bring you further, and I want to take you beyond, and I want to take you higher. That's all the Greek, okay, in this study. I want to take you into a further place, a higher place, a beyond place. And I want to do some things. I'm going to show you some stuff. And so they all get on the ship. Jesus falls asleep and a storm hits the ship. You know the story. And then through that story, Jesus gets up. He rebukes the winds. He asks them, where is your faith? He's always wanting to know from the disciples, you and I, where our faith is. And the storms of life that he allows us to go in, he actually brings us into the storms. He knew it was coming. And it's always to get us into a place of having faith and authority, knowing who we are. What Jesus did on the boat that day, he wanted his disciples to do. And so Jesus is always training his disciples to do what he did. And, he's, and he knows it's by faith. They could have rebuked that wind. They could have rebuked that raging water. They could have. But it was a lesson in the school of Christ. The cool thing is, is when they get to the island or the country of the Gadarenes, and what I loved about that is the word Gadarenes here, and I, and I kind of simply uh, brought it out. I thought this was amazing when they are launching forth and they're going to the Gadarenes. Listen to the definition of the Gadarenes. And this is what I thought was just amazing. So the word Gadarene is simply talking about an inhabitant of a Gadara. It's a town east of the Jordan. But the meaning of the name, the Gadarene, what that means in the name, in the Greek, reward at the end. So the journey that was met with opposition in the storm ended in the Gadarenes, and there was a reward at the end. So the Gadarene is the reward at the end. And what was the reward at the end? The man with the legion of demons that Jesus cast out. There were nearly 7,000 demonic spirits, higher demons, the chariots, horsemen demons, and then the lesser demons. And that's what a legion was. It represented about 700, or excuse me, 7,000 warriors. Over 6,000 of them were foot soldiers. The others were the horses. So you apply that into our thinking of uh, ranking demonic spirits, the horsemen, the, the, you know, you've run with the footmen, now the chariots are coming, and then you have all these other lesser demons. So here's a man possessed with nearly 7,000 devils. Jesus, one man, encounters them, casts them out into the pigs. They run down. The man is totally delivered, sitting in his right mind and clothed after being demonically possessed, right? So there's a reward at the end of the journey. And so what God wants somebody to know today is that whatever journey you're in right now, the Lord's taking you beyond, out of your comfort zone. He's taking you through a storm. You may be in it right now. Stay faithful. Find your faith. Get to the other side. And there's going to be a reward there. Now, on the other side of the greatest tribulation to ever hit the face of the earth, there's going to be a reward for the overcomers. Revelation 15 and 19 tell us all about our future 
in being the overcomers against the great tribulation. But there's also a reward through the the present storm that you're going through. And you have to remember that God is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. And that is in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. So there are rewards for your faithfulness to endure, to get through, to learn. And I just wanted you to know that today. God, just somebody out there, there's a reward for what you've been going through. You may have gone through the school of Christ. You you may have been reproved by Jesus, rebuked by Jesus when he's saying to you, where is your faith? You know, you're going through this storm and you're, you're flipping out and you're worried and master, wake up, we're going to die. And he's, where is your faith? Where is your faith? So that's a reproof. That's a rebuke. But the idea is, again, there's a reward at the end of the journey. There's a reward at the end of the journey. So be encouraged by that. Let me say good morning to some of our friends out here on the chat room on this Friday. Sharon Evans is with us this morning. Good morning, Sharon. And Thoth Alchem, Brother Mark, is there. He says, Mexico is beckoning. Praise God. It's raining today, yet stunning here. Bokotov. Amen. Kodeshim. Saints. Amen. Thank you, Brother Mark. It is beckoning. And I know at the right time we're going to see you, Lord willing, soon. God bless you. I see also Rick Cochran is with us. I have a wife that is in my face. She has made me a better man. Amen, Rick. That's the absolute truth. Wow. Thanks for the confirmation and the witness. Brenda Torville says, good morning. Good morning to you, Brenda. Cindy Messman is with us today. Good morning, Sister Cindy to you. Uh, and Brenda saying hello to Cindy. Leviticus 23, the Feast of the Lord. Yep, we celebrate the Feast of the Lord. I see Melissa Fletcher is with us today. Melissa, good morning to you. God bless you. And Cindy is saying good mornings. Diane Gravely is with us from Minnesota. Hey, is it getting a little bit warmer up there, Diane? I hope so. It's getting warmer here. And remember, by the way, tomorrow night, spring forward in your time on your clock. Tomorrow is the springing forward. Set your time on your clock ahead one hour. So we're springing forward one hour tomorrow night. So on Sunday, you're in it. We're going to have longer days. Springtime is coming. Summer's coming. And don't be afraid of anything because Joe Biden said that we won't need to have masks anymore by July 4th. I don't know what that crystal ball is saying to him, but somehow July 4th is the date of our liberty Boy, that sounds like a real cool scenario, doesn't it? Hey, let's take the mask off on July 4th and make it a big party. Hmm. Okay, liberty, 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 liberty. All right, David Ellison's with us this morning saying good morning. Greg Johnson, good morning to you, David, by the way. Greg Johnson's with us. Greetings. Greetings to you, Greg. God bless you, sir. Dennis Sossaman is with us this morning. Good morning to you. And Laquita is with us. Good morning, Pastor. So we have a number of good mornings and welcomes to the broadcast. How deep do you guys want to go today? How far do you want to go today? How beyond what we already know do you want to go? How far do you want to go? What do you want to talk about? David asked me yesterday to have an open question and answer time. Maybe today is a great time to actually do that. And maybe what I'd like to do right now is just everybody. Oh, what is David saying? Joe Biden, I've got hairy legs. Yes, Joe Biden said he had hairy legs. I don't know. I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't want to think about that. Men are too visual sometimes. Yikes. All right. So let's move on. 
question and answer. If you have a question today and you would like to talk about it on the air or in the chat room, right now the number to call is 818-369-0326. You know, before I was ever on radio, I used to listen to radio talk shows. And I used to call in, and it was the most intimidating thing I ever did in my life. All this stomach turmoil would come in. All this, uh, uh, you know, nervousness was there. And then you'd get on, and you'd get off, and you wonder, man, did I say the right thing? Did I do it right? But um, anyways, I'm getting some calls from my friends right now over in Texas. I hope they're hearing us today. But the number to call, if you want to call in and ask a question today, is 818, and I'll put this down on the board just for those that would like to see it. The number to call is 818, there it is on the screen, 369-0326, and then just press 1 on your dial pad. How do you feel about going to the school of Christ? How do you feel about being apprehended by God and brought into situations that maybe you didn't choose? Maybe it wasn't your desire to get involved in certain things, but they just show up. Storms just kind of come out of nowhere. They just kind of come, and you're in it, and what is God doing? He's teaching us something in the storm. He's teaching us about our response to it. He's teaching us about, you know, what's in our heart. He brings things out into the open. I mean, that's what it's all about. But if you and I could have the confidence that everything that happens in our life is allowed by the Lord because we're following him and honoring him, well, we might respond to these tests in a better way. And by doing so, we're going to grow exponentially. And isn't our Christian journey all about growing into sonship so that we could be useful and meet for the master's use? I believe so. All right. I've got our first call is coming in this morning. The number is on the board. And I'm going to uh, hide that right now. And I'm going to take this call coming in from South Dakota. The number is 605-695. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. What's your question? Good morning. Yes. Good morning. The, que- the question is this. Concerning Israel, the country geographically, and then what the Bible states about the word Israel Really, truly, who is Israel, and who is God really talking about when he talks about his church? Is that the true Israel that is of heart? They've already accepted the Savior, Jesus Christ, and they're all over the world. I'd like to have an explanation on what your uh, take is on that. Okay. Well, all right. Well, thank you for the question. And I am certainly not the Bible answer man, but I'm going to give it my best shot. And there are other people out there that could answer this question better than I. So here we go. When it comes to Israel, what I understand biblically is that number one, it began with a man by the name of Jacob. And Jacob, his name meant swindler. And he was the son of Isaac, who was the son of Abraham. So we have the Abrahamic covenant, and the covenant was given to Abraham and his seed. And that seed goes down to Isaac, and then Isaac gives birth to Jacob and Esau. There's a wrestling match in the womb. Jacob is the one that God wants the blessing to go to. And so along his journey of being a swindler and a cheat, he robbed his brother, took his birthright, 
He did all kinds of stuff, but it was intended by God, allowed in other words. Well, Jacob wrestles with an angel, wrestles with the spirit of the Lord, and his name is changed. He said, from this day forward, you shall be called Israel, having power with God, a prince having power with God. So as I understand it, Jacob now has 12 sons from four different women. Uh, Two of those women were, uh, one of them at least, was an Egyptian. And I believe there were two that were actually Egyptians. But he also has it with his, uh, the, the love of his life, and that was, Rachel, I believe it was, and also uh, her sister. And so Jacob, through four wombs, produces 12 sons. Those 12 sons become the nation, the offspring of the man, Jacob, whose name became Israel. And so out of these 12 tribes or these 12 sons came the multiplication process And then we know that they all went down into Egypt, and at the time that Joseph was sold into slavery by his other brothers, we know that Isaac, uh, excuse me, Jacob, or Israel, eventually, because of the drought, with 70 people, went into Egypt. So the 70, while they were in Egypt, they multiplied, they became a great nation, and yet there was an evil pharaoh that came to power and put them in bondage and servitude. So we know that by the time that they left Egypt in the first Passover, a nation went out of Egypt. Those 12 tribes, those 70, had become the great nation of Israel. God, faithful to his promise to Abraham, made over 400 years earlier, he brings them out with a mighty hand. He destroys the, the, the nation of Egypt, and he drowns their charioteers in the sea, and he brings Israel into the wilderness. He's a cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night, and thus we commence. And then along the history, we have these offshoots where the ten tribes now are against the two other tribes, or the two and a half tribes, and the two and a half tribes were known as one of them was Judah, from the tribe, uh, that's where we get the Yehuda, the Jew from Judah, and and so you have this whole paradigm go forward. So who are they today? Well, they've been scattered so thoroughly around the world, nobody really knows. You may be one. I know if you do Ancestry.com, I don't know if everybody has it or not. I know that I had 10% Jewish blood in me, is according to what Ancestry.com said. So who knows if everybody has that, if Ancestry.com just tells everybody they do. I don't know the truth of that, but I know that's what they told me in my bloodline. So uh, there are Jewish or, or is Israel is scattered all over the world. Now, when everybody went back after the scattering in 70 AD, 1900 years later and some change, when everybody went back in 1948 and began the journey back, well, and I know there's a name for that. I forget what it is. Mark will tell me or somebody else will. Um, the, and when they all went back home, we don't know if they were truly the seed of Jacob, who became Israel, and of the 12 tribes or not, because there were Jews that called themselves Jews. They weren't real Jews. They called themselves Jews that were actually Edomites, or they were from the lineage of Esau. And that's why Jesus said, if Abraham were your father, then would you believe in me? So there were those that were not even connected to Abraham, but took on the, so there's a lot of confusion there. So now, fast forwarding, Paul the Apostle in Galatians writes about the Israel of God. And I believe that the Israel of God is the spiritual Israel, not replacing 
but it is all-inclusive because he makes of the Jew and the Gentile one new man in the earth. So the Israel of God, as far as I understand it, it is the Jew and the Gentile that have come to faith in the Messiah, Yeshua, and the Jerusalem above is the mother of us all. That's a spiritual reality because the Jerusalem that now is, is still in bondage with her children under the law of Mount Sinai. And you know all that story in Galatians chapter 4. So if you are grafted in among them, Romans chapter 11 says that we who were part of the wild olive tree uh, were grafted in among the natural branches. And a lot of the natural branches were broken off so that we might be grafted in. Well, that's part of the economy of God. And if we're grafted in, then we become part of Israel. But the Israel of God, I do believe, is the ecclesia today, what we call the church today. But it's not the church replacing Israel. It is the true Jew and the true Gentile that have become one new man in Messiah Yeshua, who is the preeminent head of the body of Christ. So that's my take on it. And if anybody else has a better comment to that, we'll certainly, um, you know, look at what they have to say. And Sandra Matlow is saying good morning to us. Good morning to you, Sandra Matlow. So that's my take on your question. I think it was a great question and a wonderful study and has probably a tremendous amount more depth than what we've just described. But that's my take on it. So that's it. And I'm going to ask uh, our caller if that was a satisfactory answer or not. So, Kathy, did that help at all? Hello. Yes. Uh, yes. I like that because uh, I've, I've heard teaching before. And uh, this really brings clarity to the understanding of Good. who Jesus Christ, when he returns, and who his true bride is, and who will be with him. And so, yeah, I like it. Very good. Hey, Kathy, Thank you. Yeah, Kathy, another thing we need to remember is that, and I, and I do want to put this out there, and this is a paradigm shift for a lot of our thinking in this particular context. The Bible is very, very, very clear on this issue. The Apostle Paul actually wrote about it, and I will find you the scripture, maybe somebody could bring it to me, that we are to know no man after the flesh, Paul wrote. Let me give you the scripture on this one, okay? And he says that we're not to know any man after the flesh, but listen to what he says. No, oops, no, no man. We are to know no man. So let's see if I can get it. And if I got it, I'm going to be very happy. Okay. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 16. This is going to be a paradigm shift for some people's thinking. Okay. Paul says in second Corinthians five sixteen, wherefore henceforth, that means from this time forward, Know we no man after the flesh, okay? Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. What is Paul actually saying here? Paul is actually saying, if, you, if we're willing to receive it, that God is a spirit, and they who worship him will worship him in spirit and truth. 
So to know someone after the flesh is to see them as a Jew or a Gentile, to see them as black or white, or to see them as a male or a female. Now, you know, in Galatians, it says this, and this is spread out throughout the, uh, the, the epistles, by the way. But in Paul's writing, he says in the end of Galatians chapter 3, and I'll just bring it out real quick. Galatians chapter 3, for you, and this is verse 26, for you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. So the biblical reality of what Paul was writing in Galatians and in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we're not to know Jesus as a Jew, even though he came from the tribe of Judah. And he's a true Yehuda, a true Jew. So, but we're not to know him after the flesh anymore. We're not to know him. He has ascended to his father, who is a spirit. And the reality is, is he is Christ, the anointed one. So there is in Christ neither Jew or Gentile, neither bond or free, neither male nor female. It also says in the book of Colossians, if I remember correctly, Colossians chapter 3. Let's just take a peek at that real quick and see if I've got this right. Colossians chapter 3 says in verse, uh, verse 10, you have put on the, okay, verse 9. Colossians 3, 9, lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds, with his deeds. You put off the old man with his deeds. And verse 10 says in Colossians 3, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, scythian, bond or free, but Christ all in all. So it goes back to the reality that there's one new man in the earth. Okay. There are two men on planet earth. There's Adam and there's Christ. In Adam, you have Jew, Gentile, barbarian, scythian, bond, free, male, female. That's all the Adam Reality, But the second man from heaven, the first of a new species of mankind, the new creation species, is Christ. So you and I who are born again into Christ are no longer known by God to be Jew, Gentile, male, female, because it's a spiritual reality. Now, that's the word of God. That's not my thinking. And some people get really upset about that. But you don't need to. We still celebrate what the, the feast of the Lord and all God's word, we love the, but we, Paul, the New Testament writer, the apostle said very clearly, and so throughout scripture, this is not our paradigm anymore. That's why in Ephesians, he says in verse, and chapter two, let me just read this to you. And in Ephesians chapter two, Paul writes it this way. 
Wherefore, remember, this is 2.11, wherefore, remember that you, in time past, Gentiles in the flesh. So, Paul writes that you, in time past, Gentiles in the flesh, but we're not there any longer, who are called the uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time, when you were in the flesh, Gentiles, at that time you were without Christ. Aha. And you were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. So what's Paul saying? This is what you used to be in the flesh. But we don't know anybody in the flesh. We don't even know Jesus Christ as a Jew anymore. He is Christ. So we needed a, a revelation and epiphany on Christ. Let me ask my sister Kathy if we're on the right track, and we'll continue to open up the lines. Kathy, is that uh, does that help in, a, in further? Absolutely, it is entirely spiritual. What God is trying to bring forth to His people through His precious Word, it is spiritual. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Kathy, and I thank you for staying on the line. And again, if you have a question today. Uh, make sure you call it in, 818-369-0326. And if I don't have an answer, somebody out there is going to have an answer, either by telephone or by chat. I'm looking right now at Greg Johnson, says, Pastor, I'm convinced American believers have really messed up with respect to patriotism and nationalism. If you agree, what would it look like if we did it correctly? Well, that is a great question. And it's something that we wrestle with. You know, why... Are we fighting the patriotism for America and, and, and our national uh, stances you put on nationalism? Well, in reality, if we're going to stay true, the reality is when we're born again, it's not about being an American. It's not about nationalism. Okay, that is a horizontal, earthly view of things. As Christians belonging to the kingdom, which it says in Philippians chapter 3, that we are citizens or our citizenship is in heaven, I believe that we are kingdom citizens and our labor upon the earth is to impact the earth with the kingdom of God. As citizens of America in the natural, we should be way beyond just American ideals and nationalism of America as an independent. We should be, as Christian men and women, bringing the revelation of the kingdom of God to impact our nation so that it would value what God values, that it would promote what the kingdom promotes. And I totally agree with that. The idea of just being American and nationalism is actually very embarrassing when you consider our value system and the things that we do as a nation. And there are people that have a Christian uh, desire. We don't want abortion, homosexuality, corruption, defilement, depravity, Hollywood with its filth. You know, as Christians, we don't want that in our nation, but because our nation refuses Christ, we have to remember that the only thing we could say now as Christians is, America, you're going to be judged like every other nation on the earth that has rebelled against God. And that's kind of my take on that. Um, and I don't know if that's a good enough take or not. But remember, the number to call, 818 369 So the question is, what does it look like? 
Well, what it looks like if we as Christians, who are no longer just in name, but we as a spiritual community of in Christed beings, or Christ in us, the hope of glory, and that we live by that Christ, that anointing, Yeshua, okay, if the whole of God's ecclesia were operating in the anointing of the anointed one, and we were carrying and operating and living in the spirit, we would be impacting this earth magnificently, not necessarily in a, in a positive way for the rebels who love darkness, but there would be nowhere near as much advancement in the realm of evil as we're seeing today. That's my take on it. And maybe we can get a better take on that. The number to call 818-369-0326. And remember to press one on your dial pad. I'm going to put that back on the screen. Nationalism, patriotism. See, I believe that Let's put it this way. Let's look at the reality for a moment in 1 Peter chapter 2. Here's what it really looks like. 1 Peter chapter 2 says it this way. And I'll just pick it up in verse 4. Talking about Jesus Christ, Peter wrote, To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, you also, he's talking about believers now, you also as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house. What does that mean, a spiritual house? We're no longer a physical, fleshly house of black, white, red, yellow, Jew, Gentile, male, female. No, we are built up a spiritual house, our spiritual reality, the spirit of God within our spirit, born again, made alive, spiritual. We have a spiritual God. We worship in the spirit, et cetera, et cetera. So we're built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Now watch this. I'm going to go all the way down to verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You want nationalism? There's nationalism. The holy nation. Okay? You want patriotism? We become the patriots. Of the kingdom of God. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight. But he's of a spiritual kingdom. It will manifest on this earth, and oftentimes it does. But again, if you want patriotism and nationalism, the holy nation of the spiritual ecclesia, there it is. You're a peculiar people. All right. Does that help anybody? Do, 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 do. <laughs> All right. A kingdom army says, Danny, I'm waiting for your call. 818-369-0326. David asked yesterday if we could have a question and answer format with opening the telephone lines. And so that's what we're doing today. If you're just joining us, we're having some question and some answers, some good conversation on this Friday afternoon. Do you have any questions? Or in the question that, or the two questions that have already been asked, do you have a further answer? Something you would like to share? Something you would like to say? All you have to do is call 818 
369-0326, and then press 1 on your dial pad. Now, let's take, we've got another call coming in. Praise the Lord. We're going to now talk to area code 479321. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. What's your question today? Hello, 479321. You're on the air. Cannot hear you. Hello? Okay, we're not getting any any conversation on area code 479321. Uh, why don't you hang up, call back, and make sure you have your um, your internet turned down. And turn up your phone and then call in and ask that question. Uh, Keith Carey saying, I'm here for 20 minutes. Good morning, all. Okay, 20 minutes it is, Keith. What we're doing is having a question and answer on today's broadcast. And if you have any questions or comments, make sure you ask them either in the chat room or you could call into the broadcast. 818-369-0326 is the number to call. Press 1 on the dial pad. Jasmine Cortez says, earlier you mentioned Monday is your Friday. Could you elaborate on that? Yes. Uh, what Patricia and I do in our ministry, uh, Jasmine, is that we have been in full-time pastoral ministry coming up on 29 years. And the way that our schedule is, is that we minister Tuesday night on Bible studies and on radio, Wednesday night Bible study and on radio, Thursday night Bible study and on radio, Friday on radio, Saturday we preach from behind the pulpit, Sunday we preach from behind the pulpit, in between we have a lot of counseling, so the only day that we have off is our Monday, even though we do take a a Sabbath rest, from Friday night to Saturday evening before we go Saturday night to minister. So that's what I meant. Friday is our Monday. I think I answered that just fine. All right. Waiting for your call, 818-369-0326. Do you have any questions? I mean, are you okay with a spiritual house belonging to a spiritual kingdom? Are you okay that there is neither male nor female, that you are part of the Israel of God, the above Israel of God, made up of the Jew and the Gentile, but who have been born again into Christ and have gotten rid of the fleshly nature of things. What does that actually look like when you perceive everything from the spiritual condition of things? Wow. I would imagine that the pneuma man as opposed to the suke man. So we have the suke, which is the psychological, okay, the psyche soul man, and then you have Yeshua, the first pneuma, spiritual man. And the pneuma, the new man, the spiritual man, was a life-giving spirit in 1 Corinthians 15. So everywhere Yeshua went, he imparted life because he was a pneuma, spiritual man, and he was giving life to the suke man. The suke man was trapped in his animation, his psychology, his reasoning, his intellect, But Yeshua came with a higher intelligence in the spirit. So really, if the ecclesia operated in the spirit, and we would be bringing all the revelation and the answers into the earth, we would be enlightening and educating the uh, the whole world. But a lot of times, the church is just as suke, natural, solical, as the rest of the world. 
And we've just taken the word of God and brought it into a suke manifestation. I've got another call coming in. Let's try this call, area code 479212. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Good morning, Pastor. It's Lori. Hello, Lori. How are you? Can you speak a little closer to your microphone? I can. Is that a little bit better? That's great. How are you this morning? Oh, blessed as always. <laughs> Ever since you received so, the Holy I, Spirit, hallelujah. I I know, giddy, just giddy. So he is so good. He is so faithful. And, Amen. Uh, you know, the church is, uh, wow, his church is amazing. So we're, we're in the right place. I have a question. I'm doing a Bible study on Revelation. A little closer to your microphone, please. Okay. I'm I'm sorry. I know it's not easy. All right. I'm doing this Bible study on Revelation. Is that a little better? That's great. Okay. And I'm getting... I need help figuring out. Uh, is it okay that I shift gears? I know that we were talking about the sure, new man. Sure, absolutely. That. Yeah, that's what okay. it's about today. Okay. I'm confused about is the, the sequence of events, really. I'm trying to figure it out, and I know it's in pieces. <laughs> but well, so this, this man comes into the temple first, and then, um, then there's uh, an antichrist, and he's the the the, the the, the spirit of Satan. And, and so this is, that's the part I'm getting confused about. It's like, well, hold it. What happens first? What happens next? Okay. Concerning. And where am I supposed to. Okay. So where you're, you're pushing. Question... I'm sorry. I keep interrupting. <laughs> you go, you go. Okay. So I'm, I'm what, my question is this, what is the sequence? How there's, there's a temple that's built. I know this. Then there's a next thing and a next thing and a next thing. And where do I start reading in Revelation about the next thing and the next thing and the next thing? Is it 12 or 13? Okay, so you're referring to the man of sin, what we call today mm-hmm. the Antichrist, going into the temple, declaring himself to be God, and he begins his three-and-a-half-year Uh, global persecution against everything called God, basically. And so the place we begin there is in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, where Paul actually speaks out on that. And he says in uh, chapter 2, verse 1, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, is that the day of Christ is at hand. That's the doctrine of imminency that's even being preached today. Any moment now, Paul says, no, it's not any moment. He said in verse 3, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, the day of the Lord, his second coming, and our gathering together to him, which we now know happens after the great tribulation, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshiped so that he is God sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Okay. So that's the beginning of your question. Who is this man of sin? He's going to be in the temple of God. Now, right now, if we take this to, to be uh, say, uh, saying what it says or meaning what it says, 
in Revelation chapter 11, there is a temple. And there are many that believe today that there will be a literal, physical, actual temple rebuilt in Israel, natural Israel. And so the temple will be built. And then what happens is this man of sin, this Antichrist, this Lucifer, uh, an actual man possessed by the spirit of the devil, will go into the temple and he will proclaim himself to be God. I happen to believe that it's going to come from the Islamic world and that they're going to declare their God, Allah, to be God. But that's another story. So he goes into this temple. Now, once he enters into the temple, according to Revelation chapter 13, now the beast, the son of perdition, this little horn, the dragon, all of this tribulation begins. Does that, and, and that's about as simple as I've got it. How does that help at all, or what are we missing still? No, that is the so this this son of perdition, little horn. That's where I was at. Was the little horn? Okay, Daniel In my seven. Study. Good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's all the same. Okay, that's what I was trying to say. See, this guy who's going to be the son of perdition, little horn. He's going to be in there. He's going to have uh, lying signs and wonders he's going to basically be performing magic right and you're going to see in revelation 13 that's known as the false prophet he's the second beast in revelation 13 he he convinces the whole world to worship yeah absolutely he's a magician he's very satanic and is lying signs and wonders okay that clears it up i was wondering that's it Yeah, I know. It's probably easy stuff for you, but... (laughs) No, no, no. It's great. Great, great, great stuff. Great stuff. Well, and thank you. Um, But there is one more thing about Elijah and Moses in 11, the two witnesses, and then the witnesses get killed. So my question about that, and then they get resurrected. How is this... I remember us studying this once before about the olive trees, the lampstands, and... Uh, can you elaborate on that? I know it's during the tribulation, right? Well, it's actually right before the tribulation. Uh, there's the three okay. and a half years, and some people would say, well, that's the first three and a half years of the tribulation. I believe the great tribulation as is recorded in scripture is a three and a half year period of time, 42 months and, and 1260 days. It's very clear three and a half years. Um, some of the beginning of sorrows prior to that great tribulation exist. And the, the two lampstands and the two olive trees representing the anointing that's flowing from the heavens, if you will. And these two anointed ones, these prophets, uh, they, it doesn't say it's Moses and Elijah, but their characteristics are very resemblant to what Moses and Elijah did in the Old Testament, if you will, if you want to just use simple terms. And so a mm-hmm. lot of people wonder if Moses and Elijah are coming back like they did when they met Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. It was Moses and Elijah representing the law and the prophets that met Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Now, in the last days, will Moses and Elijah actually appear again on this earth for three and a half years doing what they did in the past? Or will it be John the Baptist who was the spirit of Elijah? So will there be a singular or two singular individuals? Or will this Moses-Elijah company be actually the witnesses 
the witnesses of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, um, and, and it's a big conversation, and I don't know if anybody has the exact answers, but if you were to take it at literal value, it sure does sound like Moses and Elijah. But then we do have to remember that Jesus said John the Baptist was the spirit of Elijah. So we've actually seen Moses and Elijah manifest after thousands of years of being dead. And then we've seen, or at least a thousand years, I'm pretty sure, Elijah, maybe 800. Uh, but Moses, 1,500 years prior to Christ, I believe it was. So uh, you, you see them alive on the Mount of Transfiguration. So whatever it is, they're going to strike the earth with as many plagues as they will, and nobody will hurt them, and they will have a witness and a testimony, and they will prophesy for three and a half years. And then they will die. Then the Antichrist will take position of power, and he will begin the greatest tribulation to ever hit the face of the earth. Oh, boy. We're in for a ride. We are in for a ride. It's an amazing ride. <laughs> Buckle up. Yeah. And Thank again, you, you know, have, yeah, you spelled it out for me. Thank you for the, yeah, the falling away, the son, the man of sin in the temple, Revelation 11, the man possessed, who proclaiming, and then Revelation 13, son of perdition, little horn, second beast, magician. Got it. Yep. Amen. I summed it up for you. Yeah. And maybe, you know, we're all teachable here. So maybe there's a greater revelation, a greater epiphany. But the idea of, you know, all the different points of view, um, you know, we could glean from each one of those points of view and try to understand by the spirit what really is ready to happen here. I mean, we're living in the year 2021. We see a global community coming to power. We see the nations of the earth being electronically interconnected with one another. We see through telephones and videos and through computers and all these different mechanisms that are keeping everything monitored and observed by a oligarchy of elites at the top of the pattern or whatever it is. But the world is really, the stage is really set um, and things that have been written in the book of Revelation, whether or not they've been, ever been before, they are certainly happening right now in our generation. We are literally witnessing Bible prophecy go. And so who is this man of sin? What will the world condition look like before he arrives? It does appear that there's going to be a great World War III that is going to happen. Mm. There's going to be population reduction. Billions of people, according to the book of Revelation, will be removed from this earth by hunger and famine and pestilence and plague and war. Uh, we do know that. And so where are we right now? What Are we in the four winds? Are we just beginning to get a glimpse of what this is all ready to look like because these things that Jesus said, wars and rumors of wars, pestilence, earthquakes, famines, and all these things are the beginning of sorrows. And this is the woman in travail. There's an acceleration and intensification. What will uh, bring us out to the birthing of this conversation we're having right now, the arrival of that Antichrist. So, yeah, it's, there's, there's no reason to not believe that we're there and our world is set. And it's just putting all the pieces together, and we're going to keep watching and learning. Amen. 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 Thank you for your time. You're welcome. Thank you for the great question. I appreciate it. <laughs> all right. So, again, the number to call, 818-369-0326. Waiting for your question, your comment, 818-369-0326. Uh, Dennis says, since Moses and Elijah did not die, well, Moses actually did die. 
Remember that. Moses and Elijah did not die. Would they be the two witnesses because the two witnesses are killed? No, Moses. Oh, well, wait a second now. Hold on a second. People never did find Moses, did they? It's a great question, Denny. We'll get into that in just a moment. I want to take this call coming in from area code 614. It seems to be new to us. Good morning, area code 614. You're on the air. Hey, Pastor Vincent, can you hear me okay? Yes, I hear you well. Oh, very good. I just want to say God bless you, and I, I love you. You just, I just get so filled with, with uh, uh, that's just my devotion times uh, sometimes when I listen to you on the radio. I just wanted to say, would you announce when you start a, a, a broadcast like this what day uh, it is? I believe I found the February 23rd I was looking for uh, because I played it and remember uh, some of the things I uh, was searching that I want to share. Uh, but but some of them don't have the the date. Maybe you do that on purpose. And uh, the, the next question, well, not so much a question. Um, did you see where... Uh, Russia and China have agreed to uh, set up a lunar space station. It leaves us out. And uh, (laughs) uh, we're going to be 250 years old on the 2026 if we make it that far. Um, So that's my thought. And then back to the temple, what she was saying, it says the, you know, the... uh, they defile the temple, I'm trying to think of the word, and they they go in between the walls and it says they're censors, um, which doesn't sound like a good word, or uh, exposed is what I get. Uh, your thoughts? Of the censors in the temple, the... Um... Gosh, that's, that's, I, I don't know. I don't have an answer to that, Keith. This is Keith, right? Yes. Keith. Hello, Perry. Keith. Thanks. <laughs> Man, it's yeah. great hearing your voice. That's I see me. you all the time in the chat room. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate that. And by the way, uh, what I, I did not know about the lunar thing with China and Russia, but I have an article I was actually going to read here today uh, at a Prophecy News uh, Watch, and it was Dragon Ships about China's growing naval threat. And the article just begins this way. For Americans used to having the biggest and most modern military forces in the world, it is humbling to realize that China's Navy is now the world's largest. It has been for some time. The U.S. Navy may still rule the oceans, but China rules the vital trade routes in the South China Sea. And so, again, we're not going into the Russia-China Uh, space program, and we're eliminated from that. That's kind of embarrassing and insulting. And then here, the humility of China now being the number one military power in the world as far as the Navy is concerned. So, yeah, it's very very humbling, isn't it? Yes. And just to close at Psalm 33, 9, where it says, um, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. I don't I don't even think we can claim that anymore with what what's with what's happening. 
I agree. I agree. I totally agree with that. And it gets back to the earlier conversation about we, the body of Christ, need to remember we're a spiritual house. We're a holy nation. Uh, Our citizenship is in heaven. So all of our patriotism and nationalism needs to be funneled into that spiritual reality. And I think Paul the Apostle had no problem saying that he was a spiritual man. And he said the spiritual man judges all things as opposed to the natural man. And we need to make sure that we're not being naturally minded, but spiritually minded because there's life and peace. And um, we've got a lot to learn, yes. don't we, Kate? Yeah. Yes. There's power in the tongue to to give forth. Not the two. Why are the two? Uh, what do you what I'm going to say? The, uh, the witnesses? The blessings and cursings coming out mm-hmm. of the of our mouth. Praise should be continually in our mouth in Psalm 34. And I'm working on that, but yeah. I'm not there yet. <laughs> God bless We're you. Blessed. God bless you. Sir. Thank you so much, Keith, for calling in. I really appreciate that. God bless you from Ohio, I believe, the 614 area code. <clears throat> All right. So <laughs> someone's knocking at the door. Somebody's ringing the bell. All right. So Waiting for your comments. Now, getting back to Denny, by the way, uh, since Moses and Elijah didn't die. Now, Denny, I do know that Enoch and Elijah did not die. We know that. Moses, he was somewhere, but nobody found him. Yeah. So, anyways, that's kind of the thought. Um, Could they be the two witnesses? that are killed because it's appointed unto man once to die, then the judgment. And that's why some people have surmised that uh, the two witnesses would be Enoch and Elijah. Neither one of them actually died. All right. I'm asking right now for your calls right now, 818-369-0326. Do you have any questions, any comments? Hello. Are you there? And if not, you know, it's Friday, it's 1013. We're going to be, what, uh, about 18 minutes left, 16 minutes left in the broadcast. And want to prepare everybody for a great weekend and wonder how things are going to go. Where today is the 13th, no, today is the 12th. Remember, March 14th, two days from now, that would be Sunday, the first day of the first month of the new year, 5781, I believe that God has sent people in different parts of this earth to prepare habitations for those who are going to be packing their bags and fleeing the places that they're now living in because one reason or another. I really believe that. When it says in Revelation that the woman flees into the wilderness where she has a place prepared to be nurtured for three and a half years. I believe God has been working for a long time to prepare habitations for the righteous and that the righteous will be given direction by those wings, those eagles' wings. They will be led into the wilderness, outside the system of the world, into habitations prepared by God. I believe the number 5781, I know it is, it says it, 5781 in the Hebrew means pack your bags distress, anguish, it's all referring to the greatest tribulation to ever hit the face of the earth. Am I saying that in two days the great tribulation will begin? No, I'm just saying the number 5781 
tells us that's a whole year ahead of us, right? That's the beginning of the 5781. But that number means pack your bags. And I wonder if we will not be packing our bags sooner than later, maybe, and people heading into the wilderness, the prepared places that God has been preparing for many, many years. All right, we have another call coming in, area code 605-680. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Hi, I just wanted to share a dream that I had a few months ago because um, I've been listening to you these past few days, and all I think about is that dream. Okay. Um, we were in the city, and people were getting into these planes, and they were taking the vaccine in these planes. And um, my mom kept telling everybody that we had to get the vaccine. And I thought that was really odd because my mom is very against it. Well, anyways, uh, so we started getting out of these planes, and the planes were about to leave. And right as the planes were about to leave, um, the buildings and the city started falling apart, and they were crumbling. And we were walking through the middle of the city, and um, everyone around us was panicking and um, running. But we were just in the middle of it, and we were, like, at peace. Like, God had a bubble around us. And... um, so I really felt that he was keeping us safe, and I feel like we are going to be okay in everything that's hey, going on. Absolutely amazing. I couldn't agree with you more. Wonderful. And your name is, who am I talking with? Uh, my name is Jasmine Cortez. Oh, you're Jasmine. Okay, Jasmine, nice yeah. to meet you. And you look like you're calling from, well, I won't give any of that away. But anyways, thank you so much for calling in, Jasmine. What a dream. The Lord actually yeah. showed you the storm that's ready to hit and vaccinations and collapse and panic, but you're at peace in the midst of the storm. Yes. Jasmine, that's the kingdom right there. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy spirit. Way to go. Thank you for sharing that dream. Anything else on your heart you'd like to share? Um, Also, you guys have been talking about wars starting. Um, When I was a little girl, probably around, uh, five or six. I don't know how old I was. <laughs> I was really young, but I, God showed me this other dream, and um, there's a country overtaken, and they were in green and red uniforms. I believe it was maybe China and Russia. Um, I don't know, but our country was overtaken, and they were living in our houses, and um, so that's kind of what that reminds me of everything that's going on right now. And it wouldn't be surprising because that's why people are actually packing their bags and the ones that yes. will get into the wilderness will get into the wilderness. And there are people already in the wilderness that have prepared these cities of refuge, these habitations, these Goshen. So, wow, God's given you some dreams. Way to go. If you ever get any more, would you share them with us? Yeah, for sure. All right, Jasmine. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you calling in. Is there anything else you'd like to share? I think that was it right now. Thank you. Okay. All right. Well, God bless you. Absolutely. Thank you. The honor was all ours. I hear a bambini back there. A little bambini. All right. So we have Jim Boltmeyer is saying to us right now, the two witnesses might be Peter and Paul. Can we determine who the two witnesses are? What does God mean when he calls them the two olive trees or the two lampstands? I believe Peter and Paul would be the representation of the Jews and Gentiles. 
Very good. What a great take. I've never heard that before, Jim. Way to go. Thanks for sharing. And uh, verse, uh, let's see, Jim also says, do you feel Daniel 8 is coming? I believe once the Kurds, Medes, align with Iran and Persia, we will see Turkey crush them both. I believe this will occur by the end of the year. Yeah, Turkey seems to be the head of the caliphate. I think that may be very real. Great thoughts. Um, All right. Denny said in Joshua chapter one, God tells us that Joshua tells Joshua that Moses is dead. So that kind of confirms it, doesn't it? Moses is dead. Very good, Denny. That's the way to go. Love it. All right, folks, I think we're coming to an end. We've got 11 minutes left. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. The number to call is on the screen, 818-369-0326. And um, you're welcome to call in any time. I've left that up there long enough. So remember today, as you enter into the weekend, if you are praying and you're really seeking, spend some quality time with God. Get into your prayer closet. Shut things out. Peer into God. Talk to God. Get some meat. Get some substance. And bring it down and share it with the rest of us, okay? We're going to do the same thing. And I love the idea of entering into a Sabbath rest. Another comment just came in from Chris Craig. Chris says, can those eagles' wings rapture the old who cannot physically make the journey to the wilderness, or is this just physically leading? I wanted to let you know how much your teachings have helped me. Well, Chris, that's awesome, man. Thank you so much. Wouldn't that be so kind of our Father for the infirm, the weak, the elderly, to be actually picked up and carried into the wilderness? Yeah, I used to think it was American Airlines. You know, they have the eagle's wings, the airplane, and people will be flying into the different places God has prepared. Who knows? But 5781, pack your bags. Remember, March 28th, Passover. I believe it begins in the eve of the March 27th. We're going to be celebrating and have a conference. We'll have a gathering together to celebrate Passover. And then, of course, you have the Feast of Unleavened Bread and then the Feast of First Fruits are all connected to that. Those are the first three feasts of the new year. Imagine that Passover, First Fruits, Feast of Unleavened Bread. 50 days later, what do you have? Shavuot, that's four. Then you wait until the fall feast of Rosh Hashanah, five, a day of atonement, Yom Kippur, six, Feast of Tabernacles, number seven. Seven feasts of the Lord, three major feasts Passover, Shavuot, tabernacles, but seven. Wow. Seven and three. Sound familiar? Third day, seventh day. Anyways, there's a pattern in scripture if we want to look at the pattern. And again, I want you to have a great weekend. Anybody else? David asked us today, would you please have a question and answer? And David, I can't believe you haven't asked a question yet. Now we've got eight minutes. Are you still with us? But anyways, if you didn't, it was a great thing. I loved it. I actually love, you know, how do you learn other than asking questions and then seeking answers? And I know, I just know that we have not exhausted the revelation that there are layers and layers and layers of wisdom just waiting to be discovered, but you have to be willing to explore. And by coming together, breaking bread, asking questions, answering questions, we really do go further. 
Uh, Jim says that, do you believe Gog of Ezekiel 38 and 39 might be Erdogan of Turkey? And could he be the white horseman of the first seal that will bring a quarter of the planet into war in the next few years? Well, I have a little bit different take on that. Um, uh, I have a little bit different take, Jim. I believe the first five seals of Revelation have already opened. And so we'd have to have a different discussion about that one. But Turkey, Erdogan, uh, they're still players in this scenario. Um, whether or not it plays out, time will tell. But maybe next week I'll begin a little study in the book of Revelation and why I believe the first five seals have opened. But uh, great question. Uh, Rick Cochran says, take us through the meaning of Hebrew of 5781. All right. Well, in the Hebrew, if you go into your concordance, like I'll do right now, I'll go to my concordance. I'll go back here, and I'll type in the number 5781, which I think is very interesting. So I go down here, and I type in 5781, and I could share it on the screen with you. But the definition that comes up for 5781 is the ook, the O-O-K, the and that word actually means to pack, be pressed. And we know that tribulation in the Greek is Philipsis, and that means pressure. So when I saw 5781, the ook, to pack, be pressed, pressure, I saw great tribulation language. But then it went into a deeper word, the not just the ook, but the muaka, the muaka, and that means distress, anguish. And it just is interesting that the year 5781, according to the scriptures in Exodus chapter 12, God is very clear that the first day of the first month of a new year is Nisan 1. Others had Abib. Abib and Nisan are one and the same. But Nisan 1 is the first day of the first month of the new year. The rabbinical civil calendar says Rosh Hashanah is the, the new year, but that's rabbinical teaching it's not biblical okay and so rabbis have been wrong before they did kill the messiah so we have to be careful about that but what i do know first day first month of a new year so the new year was not last september october during rosh hashanah 5781 the new year is in two days and it's just interesting if nothing else all right. Having said that, let's go back. Any phone calls come in yet? No phone calls. Lots of people listening, but nobody has a call coming in yet for uh, this conversation. So, Rick, I, help, I hope that helped a little bit. And again, just looking at Numbers 5781, God had a book called Numbers. I think he likes it. And um, Denny's given us a shalom. Thank you for the, the blessing, and it's been a great week. Again, if you would like to support this ministry with a tithe or offering, not donations, tithe or offering, you want to give in that manner, and the blessing comes back from that, you can do so by going to either one of our websites, nwmglobal.org or omegaradio.org, and you could find us. You could also, uh, we set up a little church thing, some of the guys did, and it was a uh, what do they call this one here? This was the online donations. You could actually text if you wanted to give to the ministry by texting. And what you do, here's the instruction here. Go to New Wine Ministry by text to 
41088-OMEGA. That's all the same. 41088-OMEGA. And then type in the word give. And so you could actually text your tither offering. May God bless your giving as you do. And thank you so much for that. Also, I have a Shabbat Shalom from Rick. I got it. Thoth, no. Abib is how they know to add 30 days to their lunar calendar. Abib is when the barley burns and is toasted in the fire. Of course, Brother Mark, you would know that. You're so intelligent with the word. God bless you, my friend. All right, that's it for us today. Shabbat shalom to everybody. Have a super blessed rest of your day. Have a day of rest. We'll see you on Tuesday. And who knows what the world is going to look like on Tuesday. I'm Pastor Vincent Xavier. It's been great to be with you this week. Shalom. Right now, OmegaRadio.org, OmegaRadio.org. There's a roundtable discussion out of the book, Deliverance, the Christian Bill of Rights. You can listen to OmegaRadio.org all weekend if you'd like to. There'll be some special programs, some incredible insights. Just a little bit. All right, everybody, blessings. Mark says, even Wiki knows the month in the Hebrew calendar when the barley has reached or passed this stage is called Aviv, or in the month Aviv, the seventh. Very good, Aviv. We get it. Right on. Perfect shalom. Goodbye.